Hey there, Anna Guest Jelly here. Welcome to Love Curvy Yoga, the podcast where we talk about and practice all things body affirming and yoga. Now let's get into it. Thank you for being here. Thanks for listening. I loved hearing your feedback about last week's episode where I talked with Erin, a member of our Curvy Yoga community. Isn't she the best? I mean, all of you are. Everyone in our community is so amazing, and I'm loving getting to talk with some of you. So just a little FYI, spring is starting to happen in Nashville, which I love. Spring is my favorite season. However, in the past few years, spring has started to love me a little less. My allergies are in full force, so if I sound a little congested, that's because I am. (laughs) Okay, so lately, I have been having so many conversations about boundaries. Do you have these conversations? I feel like everywhere I turn, a friend is like, oh my gosh, you know, my mother-in-law is trying to kill me with violating my boundaries. This thing is happening at work. I don't know what to do about Facebook. You know, there's just all these different ways that boundaries show up. And sometimes we don't even think about these things as boundaries issues, but I think at the root, many of them are. So I thought I would talk about this on the podcast this week because I have to just admit to you up front that I have basically been the anti-poster girl in the realm of boundaries for most of my life. (laughs) No boundaries I have put in place have ever come naturally to me. Have I put them in place at the first time in a way that would actually be helpful? It always takes me forever and it feels really difficult. So I just (laughs) need you to know that right now that when I'm talking about things that have worked for me, that these are things that have been a pretty hard one. (laughs) It hasn't been really until the past few years that I started realizing, A, that I have a choice about boundaries at all, B, what I want my boundaries to be, C, how to actually implement them, which is still really freaking hard. And, you know, the list continues from there to Z and beyond, I'm sure. So this has been hard for me, even on my yoga mat, for a long time. When I first started practicing yoga, I was, you know, practicing at home with videos. So I just did what was happening on the video, and that was never with a prop, never with a pose modification. I was just kind of like there trying not to fall over and winging it. And then the same thing happened when there finally were classes where I lived. Again, nobody was using any props. There weren't really a lot of pose modifications. Honestly, I think the only reason that I have a yoga practice today that I did not drop out at the beginning is that I was young and ambitious and was like, I'm going to prove myself, especially when I was in in in-person classes where I was often the very biggest person in the room. I was like, I will do this. And if it wasn't for that sort of bullheadedness (laughs) that I had as a younger person, I don't know if I would even still be in yoga because the only way that I learned my boundaries in the practice was by crossing them over and over again. So I would pull a muscle or get a kink in my neck or something like that on a pretty regular basis for a while, which is 
so unnecessary. <laughs> this is not a good way to practice, not ideal at all. And of course, you know, we're all learning boundaries, so sometimes you do push a little bit past um, where is uh, safe or appropriate for your body, but doing that on a regular basis is not necessary or, <laughs> or encouraged at all. So when I started going to classes with yoga props, I felt so relieved. And by props, in case you don't know what that is, I mean blocks, straps, blankets, bolsters, tools that are used in some yoga classes to help make the pose really work for each individual person. One of my teachers, Melissa Montilla, once said that support can equal relief and release. And when I heard that, I was just like, <laughs> not only did the boundary of a prop or a different version of the pose make that pose more accessible to me, it also made it better for me so that I could actually get the benefit out of it. So I had been at the mindset for a long time, you know, no pain, no gain, you have to push yourself. And what I learned over time is that in yoga, if you are really pushing yourself very far, most likely all of your muscles are gripping up so that you won't injure yourself. So you're not getting the benefit of a stretch because your body's like, oh my God, this person's about to you know, tear our hamstring attachment. So we have to stop that from happening. So you're there like, you know, trying to make it happen. And your body's like, oh my gosh, when is she going to get out of this pose and keep us safe? So I started to learn that balance slowly on my mat. Another example of how this has shown up in my life in recent years, and one I want to spend a little bit of our time on today because I think it is something that's common for many people, is boundaries with social media. And just technology in general, but I'm going to particularly talk about social media because I have some examples of how I've tried to navigate this mostly gracelessly. <laughs> so, you know, one thing I think to say about this is that we're all still such little babies in this world. We have no idea what we're doing because it's all brand new, but it doesn't feel that way. It feels like, oh, social media, we've had it for such a long time. You know, it's been like five years, <laughs> 10 years. Um, 10 years is really pushing it, probably five years for most of us, if even that, that we've been using it very actively. So in the scope of even one person's life, much less if you look at technology, that's like two seconds. So we're all still figuring all of this out together. I got on Facebook personally, I think in 2009. I remember getting on when I moved from Florida to Tennessee, specifically so I could keep up with a handful of friends who were on there. And up until that point, I had been rather curmudgeonly about the idea of getting on there. I was just not into it. So once I got in, on in 2009, I mean, maybe I checked it like every two weeks. Like it was just not something that was a big part of my life at all. And so when I started Curvy Yoga in 2010, people were not really using social media a lot for that kind of thing. It was all about blogs and blog comments, and we'd all be making the rounds on the blogs every single morning. So that kind of check-in process probably started for me with the blogs. But even then, you know, people don't post 50 times a day on a blog. Like maybe they post once a day and that would be people who are very frequent. Uh, that would be more like every few days or something like that. So the ball started to roll, but it wasn't going downhill too quickly at that point. 
I would say that Facebook became a bigger part of Curvy Yoga in 2011 and really probably like 2012. And then, you know, somewhere along the years since then, the other platform forms emerged. Some of them I use more, some of them I use less. And I know that I'm not alone when I say that I totally got hooked on all of it, uh, particularly on Facebook, but really not just on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, those are probably my go-tos as never big into many of the other platforms, but have had some presence on some of them over time. And that's not just me. I, you know, I think so often we think this is my individual failing that I can't keep myself off social media or I can't stop checking my phone or whatever. It's not. <laughs> this is how our brains are wired. And these platforms are set up to, you know, support that, um, not in a positive way, um, but to help us be on there all the time because that's what they want because that's what benefits the platform. And I have to say here that I am definitely not a Luddite. I don't think that technology ruins our life or is evil or anything like that, but I think we have to be wise consumers and we have to put our boundaries in place. Otherwise, it can definitely easily overrun us. And that's what happened for me for a while. So during the great near burnout of early 2015, which you know about if you've been listening to the podcast this season, I started to notice for the first time how I was really stressed every time I went to check on social media. And the key word there is noticing, because I'm sure it had been happening for quite a long time, probably a year or more, but I just didn't notice it until that particular time. And that's how we go as humans. Things are happening, we are oblivious to them because we're you know, paying attention to other things or whatever, and then we notice it. This is another place where we have a tendency to be hard on ourselves, like how did I not notice this and intervene earlier? But we just, you know, we can't notice things until we do. So the opportunity there for you is to say, I'm noticing this, and if you notice judgment coming in saying like, oh, this is my pattern of judging, but I'm going to say I'm human and how can I find my way forward now? Because, you know, why make it doubly hard? There's a couple different things around something like that, but it's like basically the idea of not paying twice. So you already have sort of paid the price of noticing that this is happening and you're feeling bad about it and you don't want to double down on that by doing it even more. So anyway, when I started to notice that I was feeling overwhelmed and like things had to change, the first thing that I did was tune into my body. So where was I feeling this? What did it feel like? Where was my breath? And that might seem like a kind of weird line of questioning when we're talking about going to check Facebook, but my body and what's happening in my body is the most reliable source of what's true for me that I know. So as I started that little questioning line, just sensory overload, so much information, so many different updates, so much stuff going on, and I am for sure the kind of person who um, does not do well (laughs) with sensory overload. Um, I don't know if you've seen that test before, highly sensitive person, but I'm like 99% on that thing, which really means that, you know, when things are very loud or... 
um, a lot of lights or just a lot of kind of noise and input on a lot of people that I can only really be in that environment for a short amount of time before I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to just go be in a room by myself and reboot my energy, which is partially um, about being an introvert, which I am as well, but they're kind of connected. Um, Not everyone would necessarily be both. So as I started to notice these things and want to make a change, I happened to be doing this process while I was already out of town on vacation. So, you know, of course, it's not like, oh, I just happened to do this. You know, when you're away or you're out of your routine, oftentimes you can notice things that you can't notice in your everyday life. So also because I was on vacation, I was already checking social media and email less often because I'm like 2% good at giving myself a break (laughs) when I'm on vacation. So I was doing all of that a little bit less already. And so I was like, I want to keep doing this when I go back home. So on my last morning out of town, I started to put some parameters and tools into place. So because I was on vacation, I already had an autoresponder on my email saying like, hey, I'm out of town. Here's who you can contact for support. So I kept that autoresponder on my email. I changed the wording, but let people know when they email me, you know, I'm not going to be emailing them back in 2.5 seconds. You know, it's fine if six hours go by or if 24 hours go by or whatever. Um, I don't really believe much in email emergencies. So (laughs) if people need to get in touch with me in in a truly emergency situation, those are people who have my phone number and can call me and let me know what's going on. So that was one part of it. The other part of it is that I started to unfollow people on Facebook who often made me feel that sense of anxiety even more. So that was generally people who were just posting all the time or people who I didn't even really know um, or people who posted things that just agitated me in one way or another. So unfollow is a wonderful tool on Facebook if you're on there and interested in it. You don't have to defriend that person. You can still go to their page and check out what's going on with them if you want or need to do that at some point. But it means that you're not going to be getting their updates in your feed all the time. And if you unfollow someone and later you're like, oh, I want to see them, then you can just go back and follow them again. It's all fine. So I started to unfollow some people and all of this was just a gradual process. So I didn't start off unfollowing everyone. You know, I just started with a, you know, a handful of people. Around that time, I found out about a service called Unroll.me, which I think I've actually already talked about on the podcast, but is worth mentioning again. It's this great service that pulls in all your newsletter subscriptions and you get to see and decide, do I want to keep this in my inbox? Do I want to unsubscribe from it? Or do I want to get it in a daily digest? So instead of getting 20 emails throughout the day from different things you've signed up for, you can choose to get one email at the end of the day or maybe at the beginning. I don't know. I get mine at the end of the day and just scan through that. So that was a huge time and just kind of technology energy saver for me. So some other things over time in the past year or so that I've done, just to kind of move through these quickly, all of these are kind of like my social media props is how I think about them. Um, First, I deleted social media off my phone. So Facebook and Twitter, gone. I do still have Instagram on my phone because that's the only way that you can use it. But I never followed that many people on there anyway, so that was never really 
um, a problematic source for me in the first place. Um, then at the end of uh, last year, so after about a year of doing all this, I also turned off the email on my phone. So the only time that I can check my email is if I'm at my desktop or my laptop. And guess what? I haven't missed anything important. <laughs> it's all fine. I see those things, trust me, plenty often enough already um, that turning these things off my phone, I have lost absolutely nothing. Um, very recently on Facebook, I started using on my desktop and my laptop two services, one called Newsfeed Eradicator and one called Adblocker. So Adblocker is fairly obvious what it does. Um, I guess Newsfeed Eradicator is too, but what it does is instead of seeing your newsfeed in the middle, you just see a little inspirational quote. So when I go to Facebook, I can still check in with the groups that I have for various things with Curvy Yoga. I'm not out of the loop, but I don't get sucked into looking at a bunch of different stuff. I've also since unfollowed tons more people, so I never had that much in my feed recently anyway, but I like that I can only look at my feed when I'm on my iPad, and I only look at that at night. So, you know, maybe once a day I check in, I see what my friends who I'm still following on Facebook are up to, and then like that's the end of it. I'm on there for like 10 minutes, it's fine. I don't feel like I'm missing anything. I can see everything that they've done. <laughs> Again, uh, you're not missing anything. So what I think is important about these props that I've been using, so to speak, is that I did not say to myself, oh, I want to change how I relate to social media. Let me just solely rely on my own willpower. <laughs> because guess what? <laughs> willpower you know, they, whoever they is, make it seem like everyone should have it. It's so easy. You just put it in a place. But guess what? We all know that's not true. So, you know, the same is true in yoga. Like, you can't figure out how to make a pose work for you if no one describes it to you, if you don't know the options, if you don't have the support that you need, you know, you're really floundering. So having these props in place allowed me to start to create the relationship that I want to have to social media, which has been, for sure, a really important part of my life. I've met some wonderful people through it, but it didn't have to be, you know, every second of my life <laughs> that it was getting. We get to create these boundaries and we get to continually negotiate these boundaries because, of course, the same is true. You can apply all these principles about props and sort of figuring it out whether it's with a friendship that may have gone sour, a work situation, something with your family, you know, ask yourself these questions. Where are you feeling it in your body when you think about connecting with that person or when you think about what you're having to do? What does it feel like? Where is your breath? What props can you put into place? So an example in a relationship would be I'll just give an example from my relationship with some of my family members who will remain unnamed, but I try not to talk on the phone with them if I'm already really busy, stressed, tired, about to run out the door. If I don't have a lot of time or patience, it's not the time for me to have that conversation. Now, you know, there's been times in my life where I felt like I never had the time or patience, so sometimes you have to play with that a little bit. But, you know, if you know, oh, I do better if I'm rested, I do better if I'm hydrated, I do better if I'm sitting outside, whatever, you can put those things in place to try to help you negotiate whatever it is that you're trying to negotiate. You know, yoga can be such a beautiful way that we can teach ourselves how to learn about use, accept, and evolve with support. That, I think, is the really interesting thing to me about 
yoga props because you may start off using a block on the highest height and then you discover, oh, well, here's an, an example of when I could dial it down or here's an example of when I don't need it. And the same is absolutely true in your life because I don't know, maybe there are some examples some of boundaries in your life, I'm sure there are, that you can put into place and be like, I'm never going to change this, I'm always going to feel the same. But I think many of them, especially if they're in the context of relationships with people who are, you know, a big part of our lives that we're around often, um, things like technology that are part of most of our lives these days, it seems like, um, those are the kinds of boundaries that are going to be changing as you are changing, as what you need to do is changing, all of those kinds of things. So I really invite you to bring that spirit of um, curiosity into your yoga practice this week and notice, you know, what works for you today and where might you benefit from different support, whether that's with a prop, a different version of the pose, deepening your breath, deepening your awareness. There's so many directions you can go with that. And then maybe also think about how you can bring that into your everyday life. Is there one example, one situation where you could play with that, give yourself a a different kind of support or a new kind of support and just see, it might work, it might not work. That's what it's all about, it's an experiment. But it's really, really good to remind yourself that you're in charge of your own boundaries and that you can use your own noticing. Again, as it's available, you notice it when you notice it, it's totally fine. But as you notice something needs to change, checking in with yourself, checking in with your body, and using that noticing and awareness to support yourself in the life and the practice that you want. I just think that that's the best. So let's close out here with one breath. We'll inhale and exhale. The light in me honors the light in you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to Love Curvy Yoga. You can find more information about this podcast and all things Curvy Yoga at curvyyoga.com. If you love the show, please share it or even review it in iTunes. Both help us get the word out that yoga is a way to come home to your body and yourself exactly as you are today. Have a great day and curve on.